welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is ActRaiser 2 for the Super Nintendo. ActRaiser 2 was developed by Quintet and published by Enix in Japan in October of 93, then in the U.S. in November of 93. It was then published in the EU by Ubisoft in November of 94. Okay. That one-year European delay. Ugh. Now, Quintet was uh, founded in 1989, mm-hmm. and they were led by Tomoyashi Miyazaki and Masaya Hashimoto. And their names may be a little familiar because those were kind of the leads of the the Ease series. Oh, sure. Okay. And they mainly did work for Enix. Right on. So I, I'm assuming they worked for Falcom before? Yeah, the uh, the two guys did. Mm, mm, mm. Now, they do have quite the fun list of games. Uh, Super Nintendo, they did, this, they did the original ActRaiser. Yeah. They did Soul Blazer. They did Illusion of Gaia. Yeah, yeah. And then they did some things I think they were just in Japan only, like uh, Robotrek and Terranigma, I, but maybe this came out here. I think Robotrek did, but I think Terranigma might might actually be an EU. Like, I don't think it made it to the U.S., but okay. I know it, it's they're all high on my list of games that I have foolishly ignored for the Super Nintendo. I see. Uh, they were also the company that pushed out um, Shinmu, the first Shinmu game. Oh, cool. Sadly, they did uh, close in 2004. I think they were just kind of... The, all the, the people right there were absorbed into the Square Enix of it all. Mm, mm, right on. Now, ActRaiser 2 was actually an Enix of America request. Okay. I'm not sure how popular the first game was in Japan, but they weren't planning on making a sequel. Uh, but Enix of America, the, you know, the first one made so much money in the U.S., which I think part of that was just when it came out. Yeah, it was an early, early release. And... It was the actually the Americans that did not want the God game aspects uh, going forward. Really? Okay. That's because, you know, I, I could totally see that being some sort of uh, Japanese stereotype of, of Americans. But I mean, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's close to the truth. <laughs> yeah, they were told um, they're actually given uh, uh, Quintet was given a very detailed design doc. And I guess they followed it pretty closely. So therefore, all those decisions were actually made by enix themselves enix of america and not quintet wow i would love to get my hands on that to see (laughs) there was actually a kind of a semi-sequel reimagining of the first two games that was worked on for a while for the sega saturn it was going to be called uh act remix okay about part way through development it was abandoned and then reworked into the game solo crisis all right and if you look at a video of that it's it it is interesting uh solo crisis Definitely has more of a God game mode in it, mm-hmm. but it's like a weird dual layered map where you flip from one side to the other. Couldn't really figure out what was going on, but it did look interesting. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And then at one point, there was a N64 ActRaiser game also in development, but it did not get very far before it was scrapped. Oh.
Well, Nick, what kind of game is ActRaiser 2? Or what kind of game is it not? Well, it is a side-scrolling action platformer. It is not combined with a, as you say, God game slash sim intermissions uh, like the first game. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll talk about later, but I think we both feel that's much to its detriment. Yeah. (laughs) Now, in this game, you can jump. Yes. Oh, so much jump. So uh, So many ways to jump. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, uh, it's interestingly, you know, in the first game, you played a statue of a knight that is brought to life, kind of. But in this, you are a shredded, super ripped angel. The master. The master. with uh, So you have wings that can assist you with a kind of double jump and several other maneuverability options. Uh, I would put maneuverability in air quotes. <laughs> well, you know. Because these, these skills take a long time to master. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of tricky, you know, because you have, you know, like we said, there's a double jump. You can kind of so let's let's start with there's just the normal jump, and that's like a short either vertical jump or you know the small arc. Mm -hmm. Now the double jump does get you to a higher level, but it's not just a normal double jump. When you get to that second peak, then you have multiple options. Yeah, and that's where this gets a little tricky. So yeah, when you get into the air, you know, you double jump. You can keep holding down your your jump button and up and you'll kind of float down slowly. Yeah, that's an awkward one. It is. Yes, it's kind of weird because not only do you have to press up, but then you have to press up and to the side to get any sort of lateral movement as you float down. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I wish I mean, I I guess we can kind of get into it now as we explore these. But many of these jumps or, or techniques are not necessarily bad. They just have kind of weird inputs. Like if you could just hold your jump button and float, that it would be way more accessible. Yeah, I only use this when absolutely necessary. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Or I must say on accident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, if you do your double jump and then you press your jump button again and down, then you just fall straight down. Which is a skill you you have to learn. Sure, yeah. You can um, do a kind of weird dive. Now, are you talking about the straight down dive? Well, yeah. See, there is um, there is that, which is a, a strange maneuver. It's more like the, the down thrust mm-hmm. from Zelda 2, where you're just kind of holding your sword down and you'll, you know, which doesn't have to be done post double jump, you know? Okay. And that's but, just hitting attack and down while you're yeah. in the air. And then there is an actual like dive dive where you kind of swoop down at an angle and you can put out your sword and it's a strong, it's one of your stronger attacks as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a swooping move that I almost never did on purpose. I I was able to use this somewhat on certain bosses. Yeah, Uh, bosses, it was fine. But in levels, I would often find myself swooping when I was not planning on it. Well, also, I, you know may sound like a broken record here, but the, the sprites are pretty big. The screen, I don't know. I could never see far enough ahead to confidently be like, I'm diving down there, you know? Right, like, yeah. I don't know what's going on, so. So like you said, it is really more useful for um, the boss fights. Sure, yeah. And then while you are, well, I mean, okay, so there's that. There's an awkward middle phase, too, where you're not swooping with the sword out, but you, you're diving in a way. Yes, at, at a... a, at a 45 degree ish angle yeah yeah and you can swing your sword while you're doing that you're kind of are flapping your wings a little and that sword swing is so slow during- it is it is it's it's stronger than a normal mm-hmm. attack but it's uh but i will always do it too late well and not only that but you know this this you can cover a decent amount of uh 
of ground if you're just talking about traveling horizontally, you know, with this. So that's kind of cool. But what's not cool is that if you land from that. <laughs> oh, I totally forgot. Yes, this is awful. <laughs> then you go into this like, I can't stop. And you're like, I don't know. It's it's really frustrating because you'll just kind of slide off a platform if it's too small or or into an enemy. Yes, which I don't even know why that's in the game. But I, I mean, I know. I feel like it's just there to justify the awesome animation of your wings flapping and stuff as you try to stop. It looks awesome, but yeah. Uh, and the other problem is that not only does it you know make you fall off things or run into enemies, you cannot attack while that's happening either. Yes, you can avoid it if you switch to by just like pressing down or something right before you land and switching to either of the dive attacks. Yeah, but that's Which a little is, tricky. <laughs> it is, but it's a it's like a hundred percent necessary skill to learn by the end of the game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that is our jumping mechanics, but you also have some attack mechanics. And the attack in this game is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You are, you're armed with a sword and shield, which I don't, I don't think we mentioned that yet. So that, no. that is different from the first game. No, no shield was used previously. And when you attack, it's just your X or Y button. Uh, the cool part is you can attack forward mm -hmm. at a 45 degree angle upward yeah. and vertically. Which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, the like overhead swipes are kind of I don't know they don't their their hitbox doesn't seem to line up quite right I don't know it feels shorter than than you want mm -hmm. but it is nice that you can hit above you without jumping especially because oh, the jump is so awkward yeah yeah you can also crouch and attack as well mm -hmm. but the real star of this uh, show is that shield sure you um, again like Zelda two you can block with it so you. You know, as long as you're not attacking or moving, you can block from the standing, crouching, or pressing up uh, above your head angle, angular. Mm -hmm. And you can, uh, you know, aim that straight up or to the side or at a 45 degree angle as well. And the shield will block almost all, you know, normal projectiles. Yeah, pretty sweet. Now, in addition to your normal attacks, you also have a magic attack. Oh, mama. I was really excited about until uh, I got to a boss and realized. I didn't know how to do magic. None of my buttons activated the magic. None of the four or six buttons on my controller activated the magic. Yes. Uh, maybe the single most frustrating thing. I, I hate that you you have to charge up. You have to hold down your attack button until you start glowing red. Mm-hmm. And then release that button, depending on whether you're standing, jumping, jumping gliding, or doing all these different, like... <laughs> it is so awful. Like, this should have been a one of the face buttons uh, yeah they have they only use two buttons in this game like it's not even <laughs> a third of the controller like why and on earth Ugh. the shoulder buttons should have been toggles yeah yeah those two things alone would have made this magic system awesome instead of frustrating and rarely used by me agreed yeah now you still have like mp so to speak with the little flags like you did before and yep your starting magic depends on your your difficulty level oh is that so yeah yeah when you play uh like if you play on easy i think you start with five every life instead of three cool good luck actually using all five of those nah, well because as we said you have to charge up to use this and by charging we mean not attacking you're holding down your attack button and not attacking mm -hmm. and it takes longer than you want well, yeah, and again, not attacking, so that's that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think there's a few of these I never actually even saw. I, I saw I saw them all because uh, I did use a couple of them on purpose, but several of them would just happen when I was like, oops, <laughs> like I was trying to line up something else, and or you know, I was trying to use a different spell and accidentally let off at the wrong time. Now, you do have a little um, icon 
that in the middle that will show you what magic you're about to use based on what you're inputting or doing at that moment. So it's not a total crapshoot. Mm-hmm. But the problem is these things change so quickly. The difference of jumping to pressing up to whatever, you know, yeah, are very quick. So let's start with the fire, the fire breath, the magic I used the most. Yeah, I did. It's one of the few that's very easy to use where you just, you know, you, you charge up your button and let go from a just standing position. Mm-hmm. And it's like a flamethrower that shoots out of not your mouth, your sword. Yeah, pretty cool. So it actually should be called fire sword or maybe fire it's your sword. sword's fire breath. Yeah, maybe it's a fire breathing sword. That's <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that since it does come out of your sword, you definitely want don't want to be like right up on an enemy when you're using it. Sure, sure. You need to give yourself a little distance. But it lasts for a few seconds and will hit bosses or enemies multiple times if necessary. Uh, this is what I use the most for boss fights. And most of the spells, too, like while the animation's going on, you are you do get some invincibility frames. So it can be useful in that, that respect as well. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the spark element. Yes, while jumping. If you release your button, you'll shoot out four big sparky electro things. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I lied because I also used the raging bomb a little bit. This was the one I used a lot, actually. Yeah, I used it on a couple of different bosses. Because this one you can use by just standing there and pressing up, and you'll lob out three kind of magic projectiles in an arc that will explode and hurt enemies. And you got some decent range on them, and they do do a lot of damage. That was, I, I found you could usually, even though it doesn't look like it'll work that way, I ended up hitting most bosses at least two, often three times. And you know that saves you like i don't even know how many sword slashes of you know it's just it does it's a good way to do damage quickly yeah uh then we have the earth force earth force yeah if you're if you just hold down while you're standing on the ground and use your magic you kind of kneel down and a orb kind of appears around you i believe it may shake the enemy and hurt i, I only tried this against bosses uh it didn't really work very well but again is it like a shield well it, it definitely does damage um I, I tried it with certain bosses throughout the game to try to be like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So oh, maybe this magic will work, but it never really did great. But again, you are invincible while it's going on. So that can save you some life. Okay. Now I did use the thunderbolt, the next one uh, once or twice on accident. Yeah. Which is just while you're in air, use it. No. Yeah. So to be clear, that's not why you're jumping. You have to be either glide, not gliding. You have to just be kind of falling at this point to use it. This is a weird one. I barely, I only did it on accident. Well, you just get a kind of vertical lightning bolt that comes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the aura shoot, which is only used when gliding. Yeah. Gl- yeah. So you're gliding at a weird angle. It shoots out a kind of a bluish magic bolt that when it hits the other side of the screen, it reflects back in a spread of five, kind of like the shotgun ice from Mega Man X. Okay. Now. I did it on that- accident a lot. Uh, I, this is one in particular where I was like, how on earth are you supposed to aim? Like, you're not char- charging this, like, what a ridiculous, you know, <laughs> it's not happening. No. And then we had the final one, which looks awesome, but I never saw it. The Phoenix. This is one I used semi-frequently because when you do your sword dive, you know, the, the more. The downward thrust. Well, not just the, no, not the thrust, the actual like gliding dive down. Okay. Your strong attack, then you get a little flaming phoenix around you. And this is very strong. So I I experimented with it at certain bosses. Uh, Sometimes it's it's pretty good because it does damage, but it is also kind of hard to aim and plan while you're, you know, now you're trying to jump around a position while holding down your attack button as well. So it's a little tricksy. Mm. Now, um. When you are playing the game, you know, you're, you got your display there. On the left side, you have your hit points, your magic points, 
And enemies don't just do one set amount of damage. Different enemies will do different amounts of damage. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you do have that little icon that tells you what magic you're going to use. And there is a timer, but I never ran into that as a problem. Same here. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a score, which does that do you get lives for points? Not that I ever noticed. Yeah. I don't think so. Same. But let's talk about the items you get to refill these bars, etc. Oh, sure. You've got your uh, hit points, recovery orbs, which here's my biggest problem with these items is they are not congruent enough amongst themes. So I never knew what I was picking up. Well, there, yeah, the, the orbs are the hit points are kind of this weird orange, I guess, well, orb. The two, <laughs> the 2.1 is an orange sprite twinkling thing. Mm -hmm. The 4.1 is a green orb. Yeah, yeah. And then the 10.1 goes back to yellow. So two and 10 are yellow. The green one is four. Yeah, so you'll... And and I got to be honest with you, man, the, the two hit point one feels kind of like a slap in the face where it's like, come on, you know how much damage I'm taking? <laughs> like, yes, it is ridiculous. Now, then, oops, you, you'll find these by either uh, defeating an enemy or often in like these pillars. Yeah, like little statue, statue heads. Okay. And then we have your magic recovery items. Yeah. Uh, and those are what, white? Yeah, whitish blue. It's kind of similar. You get a little little twinkle. That's one magic point a big orb that's three mm -hmm. and then if you find some twinkles just by themselves that's a free man that's right one up baby which yeah you start with three lives and we should mention that you do uh, you can use a password this game has a password feature mm -hmm. uh, you can ask for the password at any time in the overworld sections and let's talk about that real quick because the structure of this game is that it kind of tricks you at first. You are above a giant map. You think, oh, maybe I will be interacting with this world in some, quote, God game style. But no, it's just your way of moving around. Yeah, it's your your level select kind of thing. And then you have like a, who's the person that talks to you? Your little, I, I, it's some kind of angel. It's an angel. It's another angel, yeah. And they tell you, you know, you click on a town or a place and they'll say, oh, this is what's happening here. This is why it's negative. You must go and save that people by fighting in this town. Yeah, it's kind of similar to the first game in that you've got some weird, you know, it's always some sort of moral problem. Like in this game, it's kind of divided into seven, seven levels with two kind of stages in them. And each of one of those is kind of loosely themed around a one of these seven deadly sins. Very loosely. I mean, by loosely, I mean, the description of the level has it in there. The level has almost nothing to do with it. Oh, no, no. Uh, but it is when you are in that uh, overhead world that you talk to the angel. That's how you get your passwords. Yeah. Now, there is an option menu for this game as well. Oh, yeah, there sure is. And what things can you change in that options menu? Well, I know you can change the difficulty level, uh, mm -hmm. which I experimented with because <laughs> very early on, I was like, well, I, I mean, I, I played this game before, so I knew what I was getting into. And I figured I don't usually do this, but I was like, you know what? I I was having such a frustrating time even with the first level that I was like, I'm just going to play on easy. And that will change. You know, like we mentioned before, you'll start with more more MP. Mainly the thing is that most of the enemies take at least one hit less because a lot of, even the weakest enemies usually take two or three hits, which was the main reason I was like, ugh, do I really want to deal with it? I don't know. So I, I went there. However, um, well, I, and I know it does kind of change. Certain levels have different... Uh, your power-ups will get more or less powerful depending on if you play on easy, medium, or hard. But that's the main thing is the, the enemy health and your MP will, will alter. I think you can change your uh, button layouts a bit. You can customize your two buttons. Right. 
Well, Nick, this is a game from Enix, one of the two greats of the RPG community back in the day. Their manuals are always so thick and full of information. You know, you need it all you can get to understand the ins and outs of their deep RPG mechanics and systems. I'm guessing this was an equally large manual. Not so, my friend. This is only a 15-page manual. Mm-hmm. But I have looked at the manual, and I will say it is short and sweet. It does get the information across. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it's all color and lots of screenshots, but effectively no art at all. So that's kind of a disappointment. But Definitely a bummer. You know, you get a little prologue, which is basically... Tanzra's back, uh, who we defeated before. This is several thousand years later, and his chosen 13 mightiest demons have resurrected him. So, you know, the battle begins anew. And as for the manual itself, uh, you get a... Interestingly enough, it starts with the stage preview of all seven kind of stages. Bizarre. And you get your controls, and it tells you, you know, all your different jumping sword techniques, your different magics, and your very few items, and and that's it, really. Oh, yeah, by the way, that overhead map thing, when you're in it, it's, you're, it's the sky palace that you're controlling as you move around. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you float around with it, and, you know, similar to the first one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, there's nothing too crazy in here. It's a, an effective manual, but no, no real sweet luxuries to check out, I guess. I will say one odd thing about it is that the last page of the manual does have a picture of the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're on the cliff or whatever. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait, why is that there? Bizarre. Just to keep you going. Keep your eyes on the prize. So, Nick, what was your personal history with ActRaiser 2 for the Super Nintendo? Uh, I, I definitely played this game a decent amount back back in high school. Um, I recall, I'm sure I rented it once, and I actually had a friend, Lee, who owned it. And so I borrowed it from him for a couple weeks once. Okay. He was the same guy. He, I remember him. He let me borrow a Super Metroid as well as Axley. Wow. what a That's a, some good borrows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd rented the first game, I think I said at one point, and then uh, I don't think I ever played the sequel. I was cautious going in because I had seen it in Nintendo Power and knew. I was like, oh, they got rid of the the sim parts or, you know, the the quote unquote strategy levels, which was a, a big disappointment to me. But it still looked pretty cool as a adventure action adventure game. And, and I'm always a sucker for anything even remotely medieval. So I, I definitely checked it out. So what was your more recent experience here with ActRaiser 2? Well, I, I beat this game. In one sitting, right? So, oh, yeah. Blindfolded with one hand. Now, I, <laughs> I of course, uh, was safe-stating pretty prodigiously, but like I mentioned earlier, I, I decided to play this on easy and was very disappointed when I got to the... I beat the first half of the, the final level, and it tells you, it's like, hey, try it on normal now, you loser. And I was like, oh, crap, but... Luckily, it is a password game, so I was able to just use a password to jump to that oh, okay. final, you know what I mean? So I did beat it technically on a normal, but just the final boss rush level, basically. Well, I'm a real man, so I played it on normal the whole time. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not. I'm it's a wooden boy. And uh, I, you've heard it all before, folks. I'm sorry. Broken record. Rewind feature save of the day in those later levels. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, whew, I think I played this 
probably six or seven times. Oh, at least, yes. To make it through. I would try to get through like one or two levels, usually two levels per playthrough at least. Yeah, you know, uh, something I I forgot to mention earlier too, when your Sky Palace, you know, you cruise around to the levels, and while they are kind of numbered, you can go to most of them in any order. Like I, yeah, I, I missed an early level. I totally, I thought I was at the end of the game and I had to go back and <laughs> fight a whole area. I didn't, I didn't go through before. No, I did. Cause I, I just didn't, I don't know. Some of the description, you know, they will be like, go to the, the ocean in the West, that there's something there. And it's like, well, I don't know what I'm even looking for. And, but I can see this town or these little, you know, you'll see the little ring of kind of Stonehenge markers where most of the, at least the first levels usually are of a of a two level sequence. So so yes, I also beat the game and uh, it was quite the victory. Yeah. All right, this is it. The level by level portion of our show, and the levels in this game are stages, stages and acts. Every stage usually has two acts, but we begin the game with stage zero, act zero. Oh, yeah. You get a kind of the opening demo, which shows. Uh, I think this is supposed to be like the end of the last game, maybe. Or... Yes, because that is definitely it shows the kind of battle with uh, Tanzra and that weird Pegasus Knight. You you can. There's a code to play through this as this character, I think. Oh, yeah. But, um, you they know, both it, look awesome. Yes, and, and and pretty much the same as before, but but better, you know. Yeah, yeah. So pretty cool. And then st- stage one concerns the town of Diligence or in Dustin, isn't that the? Well, yes. So you start in Diligence. The the other angel will guide you to in Dustin. Oh right, right. Yeah, because the people are lazy here, right? I don't know. I didn't bother to look. <laughs> well, they they have no, some I'm very. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You'll see the the names of these bosses kind of show you uh, what's up. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And one thing we did not mention is that when you land and start your level, you are still this. It's got the whole statue thing going. Yeah. yeah. You are a statue and then you become the man. And this first level is the forest level, correct? Yeah. And what a level. It looks great. It's all misty. There's water drops falling. You know, there's mushroom platforms, uh, lots of leaves in the foreground in the ceiling yeah uh you're fighting these goblins the not too bad the little worms nice and slow the annoying ones to me are the uh giant dragonflies they fly in at strange angles and if you're busy fighting smaller creatures on the ground those things can tear you up well yeah because they take like four hits and yeah th- there's even one that's like Really, it makes me mad just thinking about where it's behind the leaves at a point where they know you're going to jump. So they 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 sneak this dragonfly that's almost entirely obscured to like hit you in the air. And you know, like I like we mentioned before, this very level, if you don't keep moving or kill everything as soon as you get, like you will be overwhelmed by enemies quickly. And it's 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 frustrating because it's the first level. Indeed. And then not only does this game throw um, some interesting bosses at you, quite often you will fight a mini boss as you're going through. Yeah. And this level is no exception. Uh, the mini boss here is a giant Venus flytrap. Yeah, it's harder than you want it to be because, it, you know, it comes out, it's a huge, it is what it sounds like. It's 90% mouth and it will kind of either shoot little projectiles at you from one side of the screen for an 
random amount of time and then it will charge across at you and that's your your chance to truly you can do swoop attacks at it while it runs across mm -hmm. now you can block its projectiles with your shield yeah which is that's what makes me mad is it's like you'll just be sitting there blocking and waiting be like come on just I, you know, if you can't just run up and hit it or else you will take damage. So it's yeah. really is like a counterattack situation. Yes. And then uh, after that becomes the first real challenge of the game. And that is making your way, jumping on these weird mushrooms that sway back and forth and then into these small passages. And this is when I realized the jump was going to be a real problem in this game. Well, yeah, because you're 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 trying to, you know, get on these weird mushrooms, but it's like below you is this mud that you, you know, you can't go near that, like, because there's enemies in it. And you make your way to a tree, which you will then ascend vertically. And which also slow going because you uh, have to stop and block the arrows of many of the enemies you're going to fight. Well, yeah. And, and this is another thing, too, is for a game that's going this heavy in the platform direction, you don't have a very broad or high jump. You know, you, your, your double jump is, you know, I would. I would kill to have one as uh, quote unquote accurate as say super ghouls and ghosts or something, but it's right. it's not. So it's it's like I don't know. Spend some time on this jump, or or you know, change the level design a little. I don't know. I feel like if if just your if the sprites were smaller, this jump would feel bigger and the levels would feel bigger. So I wouldn't be as you know constantly like slowly creeping to see where can I go and what can I jump on and you know I don't know. It's just. It's not horrible, but it's just not quite there. It's so close to being very good, you know? But I'll tell you what is good. The looks of this boss at the top of this tree. Yeah, the boss. Fatigue. Fatigue. And fatigue is a skeleton with some shocks of hair on the sides of its head. Yeah. And it is riding a cloud. It looks straight out of like a medieval painting or something, you know? like. <laughs> yeah. And it's a it. weir weird series of attacks. The uh, skeleton will throw uh, sickles, mm -hmm. and the uh, when it stops, the cloud will try to suck you in. When it stops doing that, it blows out these boomerang type ice things. I don't know what they are. Yeah, I don't. This was uh, kind of like the Venus flytrap as well. If you use the uh, the raging bomb spell, mm. you can hit him, and you know it'll do. You can take off almost half its life per cast. So if you have the extra spells, like especially since I was playing on easy and I had five, I was able to just, you know, blast through him because it's pretty tough. He keeps keeps a lot of stuff going around. And there are these well, like spikes, right? These green. They look like grass kind of on the sides of the screen. Yeah. Now, I thought this boss, once you get the hang of it, isn't too hard because if you just stay close to the cloud, you can jump up and attack the skeleton mm -hmm. a lot. And you can block uh, the cloud's projectiles with your shield. And as long as you're close to it, the sickles will never hit you. It only gets right. hard when it sucks you in. And the, the problem is the only way to actively escape it is to be doing that annoying fly dodge. Oh, sure. Yeah. But as far as first bosses go, not too horrible. Yeah. Uh, once you have cleared Industin, you then talk to your angel buddy and uh, finds the real demon. I don't know. Is over in what? Benefic. Benefic, yeah. So you are asked to prepare for battle, and then you go in through an awesome Mode 7 zoom-in oh, to the yeah. town of Benefic. Which came back, which you know I loved in the first one. Same here. And this one's awesome. You start out behind a waterfall in some caves. Yeah, some great looking. I love the caves. I love waterfalls in general, so this was cool. I don't like that the water in this level pushes you around a lot, especially when you're trying to fight these enemies that take 20 hits. 
Yeah, yeah. And there's some like spiky conch shells in the water that will hurt you. Mm -hmm. There's their version of the um, Castlevania uh, fire spitting towers. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. In here, uh, you take care of them the exact same way. <laughs> they're, they're even easier if you have a shield. <laughs> yeah, because you can just stand and block. Now, the thing about this level is it starts out doing the thing where you don't know where you're supposed to go and you just have to blindly dive across a chunk of the map. Yeah. Not a fan. Right. Uh, there's bats here. Pretty easy to deal with. Yeah. And eventually you wait, work your way out of the cave to the top of this mountain area. You get some beautiful uh, mountains in the background, clouds rolling along. Yeah, it looks cool. It does. But now you have to fight with some uh, flying goblins. They've evolved. It's even they worse. Uh, they're more annoying than anything else. They just like to jump down at really inopportune times. But eventually you'll make your way to the first mini boss, which is a giant snake. Yeah. Also kind of stolen from... Uh, castlevania it's much like the bone dragon yeah yeah it's you know it's beefier it's but it, it's just a, a weird looking like kind of snake with a body made of orbs we've seen this many times on super nintendo uh it will rear up and then shoot a blast of three fireballs that spread at you good news though you can block those fireballs so just stand near the front right out of its striking range block the fireballs and attack it and this is a very easy mini boss to get through yeah, and this this is another one, that raging bomb. It, it comes out at this weird angle, but I was always baffled where I'd be like, I guess it hit it. I don't know how or why, because I would shoot it, and it, you know, I would get three hits, and I was like, I guess the third one hit some chunk of his body somewhere in the back that I can't see, uh, so it, it helps. Uh, now, you're back in the caves here, and the water in this area is a huge pain in the butt. It's really well, re restricting you from moving, jumping. It's very tight narrow passages to jump into and through so you have to do a lot of really awkward dives and stops it's rough too because you're going uphill yes and it's coming down and there are like rocks and th things are coming down at you so that you have to jump and dodge and avoid as you slowly battle your way up this slippy hill slippery and the other slope. big problem is that any of these enemies will respawn if you slide back down yeah or you know you can take some little back trick there's like a kind of hidden you know health power up halfway up so you might say hey i'm gonna go get that it's five hp but then you're fighting all those enemies again so i hope you're ready mm -hmm. and you get to the end of the cave and it's blocked and as yeah. you stand there marveling at this blocked end of a cave boulders start to fall on you what could it be great news though you can block those boulders and you should yeah <laughs> yeah and what is it why a giant laser shooting snail yes langor I, I believe this is supposed to be the equivalent. This this level's theme yeah. of the seven deadly sins was sloth. Right. Oh, yeah. The snail will shake the world, drop rocks on you. Easy mm -hmm. to deal with. Yeah. It sends out three spiked balls in the water path. Also easy to deal with because you can just stand on a thing that totally keeps you out of harm's way. Yeah, a little, little rock ledge. Uh, then it sticks its head out. Uh, an orb of energy appears from its antenna, and it shoots a couple laser beams at you yeah not too hateful no you can easily avoid those laser beams uh, all these attacks are pretty easily avoidable the hardest part about this boss is just dealing with the long amount of time you have to wait for it to pop its head back out amongst yeah. the cycle of all this junk yes and that's that's kind of part for the course for a lot of these bosses is that it's like they're not horrible there's usually a, a life or two of me figuring out like all right what's it gonna do and where do i gotta hit it etc but then when, when once you finally figure out like okay this is how i'm going to beat him and then you're like oh i got to do this 20 times like they always have more life than i feel like they should like it's oh yeah or, 
or you're not doing but enough damage you know the bonus is, is you do get to see the life you know we did mention that earlier the enemy's life bar the bosses is on the right side so you at least know what you're doing or where you're at yeah now once you've defeated the sloth snail the uh <laughs> angel tells you that all of the demons and their powers have been eliminated from this region which lets you know it's time to move on yes and if you're me you went the wrong way and started the third stage but you're supposed <laughs> you are supposed to hit well because it's right there to the south and you can you know i don't know uh but in reality, you're supposed to head to the west out in the ocean to Tortoise Island. And you can see it very vaguely in the water. There is a, uh, well, it looks like a tortoise under the water. Yeah, that once once you you can see it once you know what to look for. But You must go to the underwater la- land of Devotee, mm-hmm. Tortoise Island. You zoom in the, to the Tortoise Island, and you are underwater. And in fact, it looks like a normal town that is just fully submerged. Yeah. Like a it, medieval town. Yep, I, I love it. You can see the the water kind of in the foreground, and I love that you know you've got the the town in the background, but you can see the light streaming down through the the sea into. Mm-hmm. I, it just looks great. And many a townspeople turn to stone all around you. Yeah. So, and as saving. you can imagine, underwater you're going to be fighting some water enemies. There's like a pink. What is that thing, man? It's like a a spiky nautilus. Who knows? Yeah. Some. <laughs> uh, you got some really big. What are those fish? Really big fish, not the band. <laughs> They're just real big fish with like a giant eyeball. They take a lot of hits. There's some underwater goblins you have to deal with here. The goblins are everywhere. They truly are. Uh, and these underwater goblins or shark creatures or whatever they are, they're very annoying because if you do not hit them and you miss, they will turn around and, fl- and, and swim away. Jerks. Cowards. Yeah. So you got to be accurate. Uh, you do have to fight some quick moving sharks. But I found this level to be a lot easier than the forest one because nothing's pushing you around. There's no water moving you. It's just, you're just in the water. So you can really take your time and, and fight these enemies on your own terms. And, you know, the I don't know. The, the forest just felt like it was throwing so many damn enemies at you at once. And there's a little less of that here. Yeah. Now, those big fish I mentioned do take a zillion hits. So that's kind of a pain in the butt. Mm. But eventually you'll make your way uh, to... Well, it's hard to describe as you get to it. It almost looks like you're walking up the backbone of a creature. Yeah, this is a weird, yeah, the whole like second half of the stage is this weird calcified, I, I don't know, skeletal. You, you <laughs> It makes these three large kind of path pattern or pathways of bone that you, you jump around and explore and eventually you'll get, they all connect to a head. So I guess but, these are like barbed tentacles, I don't know. And there's kind but, of an eyeball in the wall. Yeah. What's very confusing is that at the junction points, there's like a glowing orb that you can defeat mm-hmm. to like make the spikes that are coming in and out stop. And I was unclear as if like I had to go fight them all to make this like I, I didn't know how to fight the boss of this. I was just very confused. I did, too. The very beginning of this boss, I was just like, I, you know, I kept dying. I kept trying to figure out like where and what do I stab? What am I supposed to be doing? I thought maybe I had to go back and like destroy all the nodes mm. yeah yeah but I mean, no it, it's just that eventually this little eyeball appears and you just down thrust it like twice and it's gone yeah yeah uh, there is like a little claw waving out in front of it but this is like the saddest boss of the entire game it's not yeah it's it's more confusing than difficult like once you once you know what you're doing you can actually take it down pretty quick yeah well you free everyone um they are no longer turned to stone stone or stone <laughs> and then there's a sad voice coming from the east part of the ocean. So you go to take a look in Altheria. Yes. The demon jealousy is there. Yeah. So now we're in a kind of sunken palace. 
you still have that same kind of watery haze in front of you. And the cool thing about this game is that a lot of times some of these effects can be distracting or annoying, but I think they find the really the, the perfect balance, like with the mist or this watery haze in front of mm-hmm. you, that it doesn't take away from what's going on and it never impedes you know your knowledge of the screen or enemies or anything like that. Right, yeah, it looks good. What is not good is the immense amount of platforming you have to do in this level. Yeah. Because there are spikes here now, and one wrong move, and you are hitting those spikes. It's no fun. It is not. So this is where you really need to start learning how to do your drop from the the double jump. Yeah, so, yeah. Because it really helps to be able to get that extra hang time and then not suffer with the slidey, slippy end. Got it. So this entire portion is kind of like an interior maze. Yeah, you're in a castle, fortress, palace, if you will. And there's, I mean, you can't really get lost, lost, kind of, because, but there are little side paths that with, you know, some extra MP or something, if you really want. Yeah. And then as you make your way towards the the end of this level, uh, you get to a hallway where a giant ghoulish zombie head. Yeah, it's, yeah, it it is a weird, I I guess we should have mentioned, you can see it at the beginning of this level, like in the background. that's right behind some like arched gates yeah yeah and it turns out there's a giant spiked wall chasing you down this hallway so you have to just keep batting the weird zombie head further and further in front of you yeah it will like retreat as you hit it so you just got to keep up a pace not too tough and then once uh you make it to the end of this little hallway and you come to a room with a giant like statue of a woman and there's some kind of platforms near the bottom of it uh I think you can stand on the hands of the statue and there's that that head is in fact the demon jealousy and it is surrounded by six more ghostly heads that it rotates around and kind of chases you. Then if you're me, you just uh, attack those heads and the big head for way too long, realizing that it's not doing any damage to it. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a little, was it like a candle, flame, torch? Um, it's like a little flame inside an orb in the middle of a giant statue. Yes, and that's what you that's the true target. Indeed. And once you realize that, this boss becomes extremely easy because you can just either use that uh what's that magic called? The firebomb? The raging bomb. The raging bomb, or do some swoops through it and then it's it's over. Yeah, this this truly is one of the few like easy bosses. Definitely. I mean, once you know. Yeah, yeah. So you have defeated uh was it jealousy? Yeah. Hey, jealousy. Hey, jealousy. <laughs> the gin blossoms give you a call. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the the land returns, which is nice. You get a nice little graphic of the land rising from the ocean. Yeah, which is, you know, the map changes in some kind of small, subtle ways. Not nearly as much as say an Act Razor one, but you you can actually see some differences. All right, that wraps up part one of ActRaiser 2. Mm. So next week's game will continue to be ActRaiser 2 for the Super Nintendo. So find a copy of this game, cheat your butt off, and play along with us, friends. Yeah, and if you want to get in touch with us, let us know. Do you know what half of these spells are good for in this game? Because they really seem worthless to us, but maybe maybe you know how to use the Thunderbolt or Aura Shoot. Or spark element, even. If you do, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we'll figure out what was wrong with us. Or you can get back to us at Cart Command on Facebook or Cartridge Command on Twitter, where Chad, yes, his name is Chad, I was right, Chad. did reach out to us and let us know that we were correct. So thanks for being <laughs> there for us for so long, Chad. You're the greatest. And uh, 
You know who else is great? All the awesome and fine people to give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command because it is their support that makes this show uh, possible. Oh, baby, you know, we say yeah. it all the time. We're just two guys that, you know, we have normal lives, working class jobs. You know, I'm Look. still eight months into re- refurbishing a house to live in. One day I'll be there. But we're just, uh, we're just regular schmoes, you know, or schmooze, if you will. Yeah. But, you know, thanks to all of those awesome people, they pay for our hosting fees, any support we need, any equipment we need. It really just gives us that extra little bit of motivation to keep moving forward and making the show. So we really appreciate it. Thank you all so very much. And those that don't give, consider doing so. Even a dollar helps. Everything helps out. We really appreciate it. Give us your money, please. Please. Thank you. Thank you all so very much. <laughs> and as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on. Game on.